Beatrice was the youngest child of Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. And as often the case with the last born child into a family, they are treated as the baby. This did not stop her being subjected to her mother's judgement of her children and her domineering behaviour to all that she could control. Her life as a princess was no fairy tale and as many of Queen Victoria's children and grandchildren, she suffered greatly throughout her life. Please continue to support my channel by subscribing. Her birth was scandalous. Beatrice was born in 1857. She was the ninth child of Queen Victoria, who was famous for not liking children, pregnancy or childbirth. It was her dislike and discomfort to labour that led the public to view her birth and child in a scandalous manner. The use of pain relief was looked down upon at the time, as it went against nature and God's law. But Queen Victoria decided to use chloroform to dull her labour pains, which displeased the public greatly. Beatrice became a scandal even before she was born and had taken her first breath. She was the baby of the family. As the youngest of the royal brood, she was treated better at the beginning of her life and both her parents spoilt her more than the others. Queen Victoria, who believed all babies were ugly, had called her, her last child, a pretty, plump and flourishing child. Prince Albert was overjoyed that the child would go on to become an intelligent woman so that he could have intellectual debates with her as she grew older. This love did not come for free as it was later revealed. She was subjected to emotional burden. All of her other siblings were adults and they had all had their own issues and scandals. The future King Edward was living a debauched lifestyle that the royal couple disapproved of and Beatrice was the last child living in the household and it was due to this that they relied so heavily on emotional support from their only four-year-old child. And that is a burden that was put on her that no child could possibly bear. She was the favourite. When her grandmother died, she was left to further support her mother in grieving for her. Victoria had pushed the majority of her children away so that she could grieve in peace. But she did allow Beatrice to comfort her, something a young child should not be responsible for doing. She lost her father at a young age. Only a few months after her grandmother passed, her father then died suddenly from a lifelong issue such as Crohn's that led to a problem with his bowel that later turned to sepsis. Beatrice was only a toddler. She was not equipped to death with such a devastating loss. Queen Victoria did not believe her grief was as great as hers. Princess Beatrice had to grow up very fast. When her father died, her mother plunged into such a deep despair that she basically lost her mother too. She famously dressed in black for the rest of her life and truly never got over Albert's death, 
withdrawing from her royal duties and her family duties too. Her mother used her like a living doll. Queen Victoria pushed all of her children away during her grief, but Beatrice was the chosen one and she was expected to comfort her mother. And one of her tasks included laying in her mother's bed at night. There are reports that the Queen would pull Beatrice out of her bed and lay there sleepless, clasping to her child, while the Queen was wrapped in the night clothes of a man who could wear them no more. She endured intense pain for her mother. Beatrice was intelligent and she was also a talented piano player. This hobby is something she was forced to give up due to an illness called rheumatism which caused her pain and stopped her playing. Queen Victoria was not sympathetic of her daughter's pain and forced her to go out with her in sub-zero temperatures even though it made her condition worse. Although you would expect this to push Beatrice away from her mother, it in fact did the opposite. She wanted to be a spinster. The child had become the Queen's closest confidant and she depended on her baby for her emotional support. Beatrice declared at her sister's wedding that she wished to become a spinster and live with her mother forever. Unfortunately, this turned out to be a tragic premonition. Her mother was possessive, and during the 1870s, Beatrice became of age and was ready to find a suitor to marry. As a royal princess, she became one of the most eligible brides of Europe. Victoria reminisced on the words spoken by her daughter earlier that she wanted to live with Victoria and the Queen was not ready to give up her real life living doll. Taking Beatrice's young words to heart, Victoria genuinely didn't want to give up the girl. She encouraged her daughter to stick to her word in becoming a spinster so that she could be her confidant and personal secretary forever. But she had a crush on a French prince. It was not long before this idea of becoming a spinster was long forgotten when eligible suitors began knocking at Beatrice's door. One of the handsome suitors was that of Napoleon Eugene, the son of Emperor Napoleon III and Queen Victoria's close friend, Empress Eugenie. The younger Napoleon was a European pedigree with a mass of connections, and Queen Victoria could finally envision her daughter with this man, but that was only until tragedy struck this eligible man. Her suitor met a terrible fate. Beatrice received a telegram in 1879 that turned her heart to ice when she received the news that the eligible groom, Napoleon Eugene, had died on the battlefield after he entered the Anglo-Zulu War. Beatrice then announced the news to her mother, who took the news empathetically when the pair shared a tearful and stunned time together. But her mother had a deranged plan for her. It was the death of the leading suitor of Beatrice that led to her mother suggesting something that was completely illegal and immoral. Queen Victoria wished for Beatrice to marry her dead sister's widower. Louis IV, Grand Duke of Hesse, 
Her sister had not long died, only a year before, and Beatrice was nearly fated to marry the grieving husband. She almost betrayed her sister, but the British royal family felt that Beatrice would be a perfect fit to care for the large brood of young children that her sister had left behind. The Queen thought Beatrice could act as a substitute mother for them, and she was used to being the emotional crutch of her mother, so would have made a perfect match to a grieving husband. The happiness of Beatrice was completely ignored, and she was also grieving the loss of her future husband and her sister. Luckily for her, it was against the law to marry her sister's widower, and her family went to great lengths to change the law to make it legal, but fortunately for Beatrice, they failed to do so. She attracted attention from all over Europe. Queen Victoria did a full 180 and flipped straight back to the idea of Beatrice becoming a spinster and living at home with her forever. However, the eligible bride was back on the market and her availability attracted men from all over Europe once again. Several suitors came out of the woodwork, including Prince Louis of Battenberg. Queen Victoria did everything in her power to stop this courtship. Following on from part one, find out how Queen Victoria tried to stop her daughter from marrying a prince. She ghosted a prince. Prince Louis was interested in the eligible bride, but Queen Victoria was not keen on the idea. She wanted to appear to be playing nice, so she invited him to dinner. She took this opportunity to sit right in the middle of the matching pair in an attempt to interrupt any blossoming romance between them. After the dinner, she then demanded that Beatrice ignore Louis completely. The pair did not go any further, and it wasn't until years later that Louis understood from Beatrice why she had ignored him. This was the beginning of the end for her relationship with her mother. Her ex went on to marry someone else. Louis went on to marry someone else after being rejected from the British princess. He instead opted for the easier goal of Beatrice's niece, Victoria of Hesse. Princess Beatrice was invited to the royal wedding of which she attended, perhaps to show her what she was missing out on. But just as her ex had left the market, another one came along. So she went on the rebound. It was at the wedding that the groom's brother caught her eye, which must have been difficult for Louis to witness. She spent the wedding day with Prince Henry of Battenberg, and they enjoyed each other's company, talking, dancing, and sharing flirtatious romance. Beatrice returned home and told her mother she was to wed Prince Henry. Queen Victoria was in charge of the matchmaking between the members of her family, and her permission was required for a marriage to go ahead. Beatrice was over succumbing to her mother's demands, and so she no longer cared for her opinion on the matter. So her mother gave her the silent treatment. The Queen's response for the Princess's rude approach to her match 
was to famously ignore her. Victoria was devastated at the prospect of her youngest child leaving her. She retaliated with cold and cruel silence and refused to respond to her at all. She ignored Beatrice for seven months, only writing notes to her if she needed to communicate something. So Beatrice had to make a big sacrifice. A year and a half after the princess had announced her engagement to Prince Henry, the Queen finally agreed to speak to her daughter face to face, but she was armed with a selfish ultimatum. Victoria was incessant on not giving up her child living with her, and she very selfishly demanded that if Beatrice wished to marry her Prince Charming, that the newly married pair would move in with her after the wedding. This was an attempt to control her daughter, and she had a lot of time to think of the best tactic to do this. With few other options, Beatrice agreed, and it would eventually end in tears. She went on to have a fairy tale wedding, and Beatrice finally got to the wedding she desired, and in the summer of 1885, she had a very opulent wedding, flaunting the wealth of the British royal family in a fairy tale event. She finally married Prince Henry of Battenberg, and Queen Victoria gave her daughter her wedding veil, as Beatrice had always loved lace. This was something that her other sisters were not privileged to receive. Despite the public display of wealth and happiness, behind the scenes, the princess was miserable because her mother stole the show. Beatrice's big day was plagued by the sadness of her mother, who made the whole spectacle all about her and her feelings. As she walked down the aisle to the loving husband she had waited so long to marry, her mother held back obvious tears. And the married pair didn't get a real honeymoon. The Queen forbid a honeymoon that reflected the opulence of the wedding day. Instead, she meddled in their blossoming marriage and requested that the newly married pair stay local, only miles from her home at Qua Abbey House on the Isle of Wight. It was while she was on this very low-toned honeymoon that she lost her innocence. Victoria likely spent her daughter's entire honeymoon breaking out into hives. Beatrice, who was young and naive, was unaware of, of what occurs on one's wedding night and her mother loathed her daughter's further loss of innocence. Perhaps unsurprisingly then, Victoria also insisted they stay away only for a short amount of time. Beatrice was to become housebound, and she began to feel suffocated by the increasing demands of her mother. The married couple returned to the Queen's side, as was agreed in the selfish ultimatum. The Queen was now demanding that the Princess and her husband not travel away from the home at any time, as she relied on them too heavily for them to leave her side. It didn't take long for this suffocating behaviour to turn into feuding, and her husband got restless. Prince Henry loved Beatrice dearly, and it was evident in the long strenuous engagement and the fact that he had put up with his mother-in-law's demands and ultimatums. But the prince had other ambitions in life, and he had his eye on a successful military career. He wanted to see the world, 
but Victoria had forbid him to leave her side, which probably only made his desire to escape more exacerbated. He began to beg his wife to gain approval from the Queen for him to become an officer in the military. Their request was refused. The Queen did not want him to be put in harm's way. Henry had to get his kicks from somewhere and this led to the breakdown of their marriage because his love strayed. Prince Henry was extremely handsome and his masculine appearance attracted all of the ladies and well, the prince also noticed them right back. When Henry attended a carnival one year, word got back to Beatrice that he was keeping low company and that his eyes and his body had wandered. This led to Beatrice taking desperate measures when she decided to spy on her husband. Princess Beatrice was extremely upset and jealous as most wives would be at hearing the news that their husband is cheating on them. She was curious of her husband's actions and she dispatched one of her own Royal Navy officers to tail Henry and keep an eye on him. Her motivation was to stop him from keeping company again but unfortunately, her plan backfired. Beatrice, not surprisingly, inherited just a small amount of her mother's clinginess. The princess had always been happy with Henry, and she loved and enjoyed his company. These feelings were not always reciprocated, however, and due to the intense pressure he was put under by his mother-in-law, he began to feel restless by his marriage and royal duties. He started to take more opportunities to slip away from the palace until one year he went out in the worst way when he literally ran away. Prince Henry had completely reached his breaking point and he very unconventionally, for a prince, escaped the palace for good. Or so he thought. He ran away to Corsica on a boys trip with his brother Louis. What he faced next shocked him to his core. Queen Victoria used her extreme power and wealth to show him that he could not wander away as he pleases. In true royal fashion, she sent a warship to find and bring back Beatrice's errant husband. An expensive retrieval of someone's husband, but an effective one. A mother's worst nightmare. The young princess had to admit that she had consummated the marriage with her husband to her mother when she announced that she was expecting a child. Beatrice had miscarried in the very early months of her marriage and she was determined not to lose this child too. She therefore reduced her physical activities and social engagements to reduce the risk to her unborn child. But this action led to some very unpleasant consequences because her mother judged her harshly. Most of the royal household was used to treating Beatrice like a child, but upon hearing the news, Queen Victoria treated her with contempt. Beatrice was still living with Victoria and so when she was resting during her pregnancy, the Queen would get moody due to her daughter not spending enough time with her. Victoria called her resting moping and boasted that when she was pregnant, I regularly came to dinner, except when I was really unwell, up to the very last day. 
Beatrice went on to have a royal brood of her own, and that November Beatrice gave birth to a son, the newest heir to the British throne. They named him Alexander, with the nickname Drino. The couple went on to have three more children, getting pregnant and giving birth every other year, until 1891. Their other children were called Victoria, Leopold and Maurice, but her husband still wanted to abandon her and in 1895, an old ghost came back to haunt Beatrice. Her husband was back on his quest to join the military, and as he had produced a royal brood of children, he felt even more entitled to it. He had his eye on the Anglo-Assant War in modern-day Ghana, and his request was finally accepted by the Queen, and so Beatrice had a long goodbye ahead of her. In December of that year, Beatrice waved goodbye to her beloved Henry as he went off to fight for queen and country. After only a couple of weeks, the fatal truth that Victoria had previously envisioned came true, and Henry died. He had contracted a deadly case of malaria. They sent him home to be with his family, but he did not make it back alive, because her husband had died a horrible death. Beatrice had heard the news that her husband was sick and she was relieved that he would be coming home. But what happened next she did not expect. She went to meet the boat back from Africa, but when she expected to see her husband, she was instead greeted with a telegram telling her the news of her husband's death. Beatrice was understandably heartbroken. She had grown up in a household full of grief and so she did what she knew best. She grieved for the Prince Henry, who she would never see again. And she withdrew from the court and she refused to take part in many aspects of her life. She began to neglect her family just like her mother once did with their family. The Queen surprisingly attempted to cheer her daughter up and she organised for her to have a dark room for her hobby in photography. But this gesture was not enough to pull her out from despair. The princess was unwilling to drag herself out of mourning and this led to a breakdown of her relationship with her own children. History was repeating itself again through generations. The children began acting out in school with her daughter becoming troublesome and rebellious and her eldest son Alexander telling unwarrantable truths. After all of the heartache that she had experienced in her life, she completely lost her purpose. On January the 22nd, 1901, Beatrice's life changed forever. This was the day that her mother died, ending the Victorian age and leaving her free of her mother's influence for the first time. Ironically, her mother died on the fifth anniversary of the day she had learned of her husband's death which led to a double dose of heartbreak. Not only this, but she also then began to have sibling rivalry. And when her mother died, she fell out of favour in the court as she was not in a privileged position as she was previously. There was a giant gap in the ages between King Edward VII and Beatrice, which led to a relationship or bond never really forming. When Edward created his inner circle, Beatrice was completely omitted from it. She had completely fallen out of place in the hierarchy of the royal family. 
and she went on to make a huge mistake in the eyes of her brother. As the sister of the new king, she was still expected to act in the correct manner and attend all official events. One of the most important events she was invited to was the coronation of her brother as king. She had become clumsy during the service and she dropped her prayer book, taking the attention completely away from the new king and putting it onto her and this absolutely infuriated her royal brother. So he went on to betray her. Beatrice and her husband had spent the majority of their marriage at Osborne House, and it was her mother's favorite home, and also her place of death. Edward, however, wanted to sell it, much to her dismay, but she begged her brother not to, and only partially succeeded with the king extending the grounds for her own Osborne cottage. She knew Queen Victoria's deepest thoughts though, and after Victoria passed away, Beatrice as her secretary was responsible for transcribing and editing the Queen's lengthy and detailed diaries for posterity and publication. There were hundreds of volumes and Victoria did not leave out any details and she covered her candid opinions on both her family and her country. So Beatrice took it upon herself to censor her mother. As her mother's close of confidant, she knew of her desire for privacy, and so Beatrice opted to remove enormous parts of her Victoria's memories. She reduced the hundreds of journals to just 111 volumes, and that took a whopping 30 years to complete. Beatrice's nephew, the future King George V, despised what his aunt was doing to his grandmother's legacy, but no one could stop her because she knew a big secret. The Queen deeply mourned the loss of her husband, Albert, for years, but it is rumoured that she did eventually find happiness again in the comfort of the arms of her Scottish personal attendant, John Brown. We may never know for sure due to Beatrice removing much of her mother's journal entries, and so there is no proof of an affair. The Queen, however, was buried with a lock of his hair, which would be a very unusual thing for a colleague to do, unless there was more to it. Sadly, Beatrice's later years provided very little happiness. Her children were becoming part of the reason for her to be unhappy. Her daughter married Alfonso XIII of Spain, and she had climbed high up the hierarchical ladder. But this marriage led to disaster, and Beatrice spent many times consoling her upset daughter when she returned back to England on many occasions. Beatrice was to suffer even more heartbreak when her son repeated history. In 1914, Beatrice saw the outbreak of World War I, and history repeated itself in the life of her son. He joined the military in his father's footsteps, and just like she had also had decades before, Beatrice stayed home and prayed for her young son's safety. Once again, history repeated itself to horrible effect, and she lost her favourite child. World War I only began in the late July of 1914, but Prince Maurice was killed in action before the year was even up. He was caught up in a shell explosion while leading his men across a ridge. 
He was only 23 years old and Beatrice was completely devastated yet again by the loss in her life. She once again withdrew from public court after losing her youngest son. She carried the royal disease. The royal family was plagued with a blood clotting disorder passed down by Queen Victoria. The royal disease was a dangerous and often fatal disorder called haemophilia and it spread all across Europe through the many marriages that Victoria made. Both the Queen and Beatrice were carriers of the disorder and the evidence of this came to light the hard way. In 1922, her son Leopold needed knee surgery, but as a haemophiliac whose blood could not clot, he died at only 32 years old. In the end, Beatrice endured long past so many of the people that she loved. She even outlived her nephew, King George, and publicly laid wreaths in memory of him. She only passed on October the 26th, 1944, at the ripe old age of 87. Please continue to support my channel by subscribing. Please comment, like and subscribe if you wish for more stories and leave your suggestions below and I will endeavour to cover them.